Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. This week's episode of Zero Block 30 is brought to you by our friends at My Blue. If you saw any of the content from the last week, we were doing mad vapes. We were blowing mad clouds, and it was all courtesy of our friends at My Blue. My Blue makes it easy to find simple and delicious and convenient ways to vape. They're the ones who actually brought vaping to the world, so they know all about it. They have these new one-click pods that you can switch between flavors in just seconds. I personally like the cherry and vanilla. Big Cat and PFT were big fans of the gold leaf tobacco. They liked it all. And the best part about it is that you can spend 20 minutes on the charger and you're set all day. There's a free limited lifetime warranty called MyCare. Head over to MyBlue.com and check out their $1 trial offer for their MyBlue kit. Check out MyBlue.com for details. You guys are going to love it. And you're also going to love this episode of Zero Block 30 where we're going to do Platoon Room. Let's fucking go. Bren is here. We are getting ready to do a little episode of Platoon Room. We are just going to go straight into the business, kind of like our good friend, the Navy Chaplain. He went straight into that business. Straight in. (laughs) So if you haven't heard, I'm going to read this. This is from The Hill. A Navy Chaplain was fired in March after being caught on video having what the French call sex in a public place at New Orleans Bar, according to the USA Today. Captain Thornton, a chaplain since 1992, lost his job on March 20th and is now under investigation for the incident that took place in a British-style pub. The Defense Department officials are now reviewing the video of the encounter of the pub owner said took place outside near the road just five miles from the city's marine reserve. This chaplain fucks. He fucks. The chaplain (laughs) fucks. But I also want to say, I think an underrated part of this is that the bar owner is the one who knocked him out. Maybe he's trying to get... Publicity for his bar. That's not the type of publicity you want for well, your bar. Well, I, I guess they, as they say, that's like the opposite. No, uh, bad publicity is still publicity. No, I disagree when it comes to bars. Like, if you're a bar owner, I feel like you have to have a gentleman's code. Like, if there's <laughs> some fucking, or a lady's code, if you're a lady bar owner, like a shout out to our friend that's in, like, outside of Baltimore, mm-hmm. woman bar owner. Yep. Like, if you're like that, I feel like you need to keep things under wraps. It's yours. Unless there's like a violence of action type of situation, you keep it under wraps. Maybe he was an atheist. Do you think this guy kept it under wraps? Oh, no way. No way, Because the chaplain doesn't go out planning to fuck, I don't think. No. No. I think the chaplain goes there expecting just to have a couple beers and then go home. I don't think he ends up thinking he's going to be a fucking... Yeah, but that's, that's just what happens in New Orleans. You guys have been to New Orleans? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, chaps, you know the deal. I mean, it, it's it's basically the last spot in America where there's just complete lawlessness. It, it feels like you can walk around on the streets with drinks. You walk in it like there's there's a bar with a strip club right next to it, and it just alternates bar, strip club, bar, strip club, and it's just wild. So I feel like in New Orleans, this isn't that uncommon for something like this to happen. It's definitely not uncommon, maybe with the chaplain, 
But I want to break down some of the military terms in here because we have you, Captain Cons, mm-hmm. Captain 03, mm-hmm. Navy Captain 06. That's a little bit higher. So that would be the equivalent to every other branch of services colonel. Right. So you're talking about a battalion level. This isn't just some small fry dude. And since 1992, you're talking about 26 years of service right. as a chaplain. And before a chaplain, to break down what a chaplain has to do, they go to college. Then they go to their seminary school. They get ordained by whatever branch of, whatever branch of religion that they're going to be. And then they go become a chaplain. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about at least seven years of schooling prior to becoming a chaplain. This is a long-term investment right. to be there. And 26 years ended because he fucked a bad bitch outside of a bar in New Orleans. Like yeah. a couple On miles a picnic outside. table, might I add, by and the road. And it's all because the bar owner. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. the only re- that's fucked up. The snitch, the snitch aspect of it is a little tough to swallow. Now, I, I say, I think that I don't think that they would fire him unless, and none of these stories have mentioned it. He's married. Mm. Yeah, so, so that's it, just a bad look altogether. And for those that don't know, you can get like criminal charges pushed on you in the military right. if you just cheat on your spouse. Right, UCMJ, yeah, as we have said before, is much adultery. tougher. Yeah, yeah. Um, goddamn Jodies. <laughs> Jodies, um, exactly right, Brian. I just uh, you know, and then. How intoxicated does one have to be to engage in sexual intercourse in public? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you, if you're getting it, actually getting it on, I feel like you're not going to be that drunk because for the fellas especially, if you get too drunk, that's what I'm don't saying. Work. Like yeah. maybe you know some feeling underneath the, the pants of, as chaps as, as you've blogged in in recent times. And Kate, and yeah, Ka- and Kate, true, yes, yeah, and Kate, HJ, yeah, you know a little uh, OTPH HJs. That I could see happening in the bar. That probably happens in bars across America every weekend, every day. Even. Yes. But to have, yeah. you know, full-blown intercourse these days when people have phones with cameras and can record such instances, my that own, just is My only other thought is that the guy is a Catholic chaplain. Okay. And he's not supposed to be doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But lest we forget... There was a time period where the Pope said that hell didn't exist. Yes, yeah. so he was taking full so advantage. If, he, yes. if he's a yeah. Catholic chaplain and he read that article yeah. and immediately started to go get he drunk like, in New Orleans. Here we go. I would Let's too. go. Let loose. I mean, if the Pope clears you hot, I feel like <laughs> you got to go He's out on there the range, cleared hot. Yeah. <laughs> Black bass area all secure. Fucking get that rocket out. <laughs> really just unfortunate. It just seems like the Navy keeps taking L's too. Oh, really unfortunate. Uh, I don't here. think that's taking an L. I think that's taking a W. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. if the chaplain's getting it, he's usually the last person to get laid. That's usually what they get. Do you have any experiences with chaplains? Yeah, you know it was actually really weird? Uh, when I was on deployed and, you know, very remote outpost, we had a chaplain come by, and I did one-on-one Easter Mass. Just sat there, and the priest yours i know you what you're doing you're saying this because you know your mom and dad listen <laughs> they want you do you want them to think you're just the good catholic boy i am a good catholic boy but that was the most awkward interaction i've ever had with a priest and this coming from a guy who was an altar boy for five years so yikes yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, things are starting to make sense <laughs> that's problematic <laughs> let's open the trust tree come on in <laughs> No, nothing like that, but it was super awkward uh, to just sit across from a table and, and speak to a priest one-on-one having mass. It's very awkward. Did you experience any chaplains while you are deployed? Oh, in states, that they don't really matter. No, I, don't really, no. I didn't see you're one really. like, hey, what's up, chaplain? Throw yeah. him a salute. And well, I did at Paris Island uh, boot camp. 
I went to Catholic mass every Sunday because it was like, I'm not very religious, but like I got that out. That was a way to you get out. To of get it. Out. Everyone is religious yeah. at boot camp. Yeah. And so at the very end, they did confession, and I was like, I've just been through boot camp, and I'm a new person, and I'm just gonna tell this guy everything. <laughs> so I was like, so I was blowing lines at college, like, <laughs> like, and I didn't even and, say it on my application yeah, to get and, in the grades. <laughs> I just like said everything, and when I was done, he was just like looking at me with saucer eyes, and I was like, oh, maybe that was a little overboard. Oh, whoops. Um, but, did, did I overshare? Yeah, everybody is. Super religious at boot camp. Though. Oh, yeah. I was, I was so yeah. I was and, drinking the Kool Aid. And for Does, us, it's because you get like an hour and a half away from your drill instructors. If you right. go, you're like, oh yeah, I want to go to religious studies. Do you uh, get yeah, anything? Do you get anything else besides, or just go to the service? No. So, like, like cookies <laughs> afterwards forget, or something. You have lay recruits. Did you have lay recruits? What's that? So, like, if you at night, whenever you after you get done chugging your cantina water, and you have all your shit, the drill instructors will let different groups of like religions gather in like corners and you'd have like nighttime prayer we I, called them lay recruits i don't think we did really I yeah i was the lay recruit because but when i joined really? i wanted to be a preacher mm-hmm. so i was like super religious still and i was the one leading the prayers and our drill instructor would come over one staff sergeant wiley would come over and hang out with us and we would do a little bit of prayer time but you also knew that you were going to get out of doing stuff, and that's the main reason why you – it didn't have anything to do with Jesus. You just wanted to get away and not have to yeah. control yeah. stuff for like yelled an hour. Yeah. Sure. Like, I'm going to go sit here on this hard wooden bench and just listen to the dude. And then you're singing and you're doing all kinds – it is a really big – you were leading Escape. this group in, in, in sing? In sing song? Oh, I wasn't singing, no. Oh, okay. But, but at church on Paris Island. I used to play guitar and sing at church all the time. Really? Yeah. Nerd alert. <laughs> Nerd, Nerd alert. alert. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> What's your favorite Jesus song? Ooh. There's a couple. There's ones that uh, I really like looking back now that I haven't gone to church in a long time. The ones that my grandfather did, because my grandfather was a pastor for like 45 years. Cool. Yeah. So now I think of his super deep, like, bass voice that mm. he would sing these southern gospel type of hymns. And, like, my favorite one, I mockingly singing it, sing it to my daughters all the time. I'll be like, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Oh. <laughs> it's the emblem of suffering and shame. And I would Jesus. go over and over. <laughs> it's so sad. And then there's another one that sounds like it's a Mary Poppins song where okay. it's like, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient <laughs> grace for even me, for even me, wider than the snows of my transgressions. <laughs> so do you just sing these to your children apropos of nothing out of nowhere? Yeah. Uh, my grandfather, I used to love it whenever he, we would ride together and he would put his hand like on my leg with the Charlie horse spot. Okay. And he would squeeze it and be like, cow's got your corn or right. something. <laughs> yeah. And then I would like Classic squirm. grandpa move. <laughs> Classic grandpa move. And I'd do it to my daughter and I'd be like, what is it? And that's what he used to say all the time. Classic grandpa joke. My favorite story probably about my grandpa of all time. Southern Baptist pastor for mm-hmm. 50 years, like damn near 50 years and loved his wife, loved his kids. We were riding together in Tallahassee because he took me to my first like Florida State game because I grew mm-hmm. up a Florida State Seminole fan. Picked me up from school, drove me to Tallahassee. My aunt and uncle lived there, and he wanted to take me to the game. And he was like, I want you to know, son, like me and your nana are thinking about moving to Tallahassee to be closer to Lori, um, my aunt. And they had like other grandkids and everything. And I was like, well, that makes sense if he wants to retire and move out here. And he's like, but the problem is everything's so much more expensive than where we live outside of Jacksonville, which I knew that's true. It's a capital city, so it is going to be a little bit more expensive. And he was like, 
The big problem is I can't find a house with enough land where I can beat my wife when my neighbors don't hear. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And I was probably 13 yeah, years old. And he just lost it laughing. And he, <laughs> he just looked at me. He was like, what is it? What is it? And he, was, he had this super baritone. He's like a hellfire and brimstone type of mm-hmm. preacher was mm-hmm. the kind of guy that he was. Five foot seven, silver white hair, mm. typical Southern pastor look would like bounce on his heels when he was preaching. So him saying that absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> and he just lost it, like crack it up. He's like, you want to go buy a bike? And I was like, yeah, let's go buy a bike. Buy a bike <laughs> threw it in the truck and we went home. Phew. Yeah. That's probably the, the, the most odd thing for me growing up when you'd see other religions and their, their pastors could be married and, you know, assuming, you know, live a pretty normal life because coming from being a Catholic you see the priest is like celibate not married so it's just always very odd to see that yeah and I think it's even more odd when you know they start out so young I think that's yeah. one of the most shocking parts of Gran Torino yeah when Gran Torino when the pastor's well, there yeah, and yeah. he's dealing that's with Clint movie, when yeah. He's, yeah it is it's that was I started drinking exclusively PBR for like three years after, <laughs> after Clint I was like on your good, front porch if it's good enough for him yeah. I didn't call anybody a zipper head but <laughs> I will say that the uh, the racial slurs in that movie were were something else, but that yeah. was a, a different time. I'm not going to say that I didn't call my dog a zipper head from time to time, <laughs> like if I had too many. But I think she was okay with it. No, but you're right. Like the, in, that, in that movie, that the priest he was like a young kid, and he's like, "What what are you telling me that I don't already know about life?" Yeah, man. I I mean, bringing it back to that chaplain that was outside, he just. You never know when those type of situations are going to arise. Mm. But if they do, you got to hope that you're wearing good underwear, like our friends from Tommy John's. Tommy John is the best pair of underwear that you'll ever find, and that's a guarantee. They're going to give you your money-back guarantee. They have shirts that don't move anywhere. They have wedgie-proof underwear that is so great. I'm actually wearing some right now, and I love them. I They are where I go because if I do something that I'm sweaty, like when I went out to the river walk, it was hot mm-hmm. as fuck. Mm-hmm. I already had my stuff packed. I didn't want to go back home. I only had a certain amount of underwear, but some of them are Tommy John's. You can throw them in the sink with a little bit of shampoo, and they're good while you're on the road. It's pretty nice. feels like I'm on deployment with actually Silkies, like, but it's Ooh. a better version of Silkies. Shout out to Silkies. Words cannot do Tommy John's uh, justice. you got to try these on for yourself. They're the best uh, pair that you'll ever get guaranteed. Hurry to Tommy John slash chaps. That's her Tommy John slash chaps for twenty percent off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash chaps for twenty percent off the most comfortable items that you can ever imagine on your body, on your buttocks, or all your ball sack. Only at TomJohn.com slash chaps. All right, we have some mailbag questions, right? We Let's do. We have a couple mailbags. All right. So, so Oh, I thought that we had mailbag pictures like in the group chat but it's just me shirtless standing next to francis which, which you'll, you'll be, see <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see soon that's enough. a nice little teaser you'll see it's <laughs> it's gonna involve me francis and dj poly d from jersey shore <laughs> frame which i'm sure everybody expected to hear at some point in this podcast it was only a matter of time it was, it was. only a matter of time it was. super nice guy and he took off this chain that had to be like a eighty thousand dollars. yeah chain. i saw all his jewelry that he was wearing it was fairly expensive looking yeah he's like do you need to take anything else i was like my belt's leather, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got fancy? the first mailbag question right, right here. For the platoon room, what is one thing, other than Tommy John underwear, of course, what is one thing that you didn't bring on a deployment that you wish that you had? Wow. That's Ooh. a good question. That is a good question. Hmm. I guess it's a good question because you just seem to really make do with what you do have. Yeah. You're not thinking like, ah, oh, I really wish I had this. 
because I, I kind of felt like I had everything I needed because, you know, the comforts of home are just really non-existent there. So, oh, okay. So we'll, we'll switch to what did you have shipped to you when you got to country? Because I feel like people had those. One of my things that I did when I was on Camp Fallujah, we built this little Quonset hut that we stayed so we didn't have to stay in the can. So mm-hmm. we, it was like, we basically built a fucking house like, yeah. out of like spare wood. And everything, and then I put two of the big Connex boxes together, like that you would send dog gear in, and just put a twin mattress on it. So I had my family send me a blanket, and it oh, okay. was just like a twin size. It was a Simpsons blanket that had all the characters of the Simpsons <laughs> on it, and I had like a nice pillow, and yeah. that changed like the course of my deployment. Having oh, yeah. a nice blanket. That with the pillow, along the lines of the pillow thing, on my first deployment, we were out in Marja with the infantry, and all we had was those little green cots those if you weren't suck. sleeping on the ground. Um, and we didn't have pillows, and I'm a double pillow lady. I oh, need my pillows. Pillow guy. So I was just like putting clothes and bags under my head. Well, I must have mentioned something to my parents and my aunt, who worked at Villanova. Shout out to Villanova. Yeah. Um, she got this campaign going, and they ended up sending like 60 pillows over from <laughs> Villanova. Had like a pillow drive, and so the package. Imagine just Kate just land on 60 pillows. Yeah, and two the the. The logistics to get them out there, they have the supply convoys that only came every few weeks. They were like, you motherfucker. Like, it took up so much space. Oh, yeah. But the guys were pretty, that was a good way. But, yeah, I was super happy to have a pillow. Yeah, maybe, because I had, you know, a paper-thin mattress, so maybe one of those, like, egg crate-type foam things you put on top of your mattress would have been nice. Anything that enhances sleeping or comfort. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So if you have that, like, I would have loved to have a fresh pair of socks every day. Because, mm. like, I mean, even now, putting on a new fresh pair of socks is incredible now. It feels yeah. so good. Agreed. Also, like, having new and really good hygiene products really is nice. I was going to say even- Something with a little bit of, like, perfume added, because you can get, like, just the ivory soap or whatever. Sure. But just the difference of having, like, Irish Spring You feel cleaner. Just, yeah. Because yeah. you, you smell nothing but- I don't know if it's offensive to say it or not, but fuck it. Fallujah smells like dead fish. Yeah. Like, it just does, and I think it's because there's so many dead humans around. Right. Like, at the time, that it just smelled like dead fish. I remember specifically one story. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but when you don't have Marines who had deployed before where I was at, because I worked as an MP, I only worked really, like, on the road, as we would call it, for probably three months of my entire career. Mm-hmm. Well, I one night I was, like, the platoon commander for the shift that was working, and we got a call that somebody got hit by a train. And it just came over the radio. It was from Prince William County, which, which was up the road. And I was like, Roger, that got it. We'll go check it out. I was thinking it was a car that yeah, got hit by a train. Right. Well, it turned out it was a young Marine who killed himself <sighs> and tough. just laid on the tracks, had a fresh haircut. I opened the door when we stopped at the train tracks. And as soon as I opened the door, I looked at the sergeant next to me. I was a staff sergeant at the time. I looked at the sergeant next to me. I was like, somebody's dead. And he was like, how do you know? I was like, I can smell it. smell it, it. yeah. And he was like, he looked at me like I was an insane person when I said that. And we walked up the tracks like 15 feet and found the body. And he was like, how the fuck did you know it? I was like, now that you smelt that. You cannot smell it. You'll never smell it. Very distinct. You'll know what it smells like. Yeah. And so you're used to smelling that position, especially if you did like a job that had like battle damage assessment or anything like that, where you're looking at bodies, looking for bodies. There's IEDs around. As a dog handler, I'm constantly looking for IDs. So I'm also looking for people who plant those IEDs. And a lot of aren't very skilled. So they <laughs> right. they blow themselves up, too. Yeah. So you smell that smell a lot. But if I was going back now, I would just have my family. That all being said, 
send me some dollarshaveclub.com stuff. Dollar Shave Club has the razor, shave butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything you need to look and feel your best. I get amazing high-quality shave. I actually am shaved. I cleaned up my own shave that my expensive-ass barbershop fucked my beard up. I had to go home, spent $50 on a fucked-up haircut, a fucked-up beard trim, and had to do it all myself. Luckily, I had a smorgasbord of dollarshaveclub.com stuff at my house. If you're listening... You just had the privilege of hearing the darkest Dollar Shave Club intro <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, but it would have cleaned it up. But your beard does look yeah. good. I'm not does saying that dollarshaveclub.com's <laughs> products really do cover up the stench of death. But if, <laughs> if, if you stink, you could also use their one white butt Charlie's to cover up the smell of your shit and flush that down the potty. Dr. Carver's shave butter is fantastic. I just said potty as a grown-ass man. I love My the word potty. My children aren't here. I could have said toilet and... <laughs> Shout out to that toilet. How much does that one swallow? Since DollarShaveClub.com delivers everything to you, you don't have to set foot in a store or set foot into the Haji Shop or wherever you're at deployed-wise if you send them there. You can get the Daily Essential Starter Kit for just $5. With free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial size of shave butter, body cleanser, one white butt Charlie's. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks a month. Speaking of your next month, for a limited time only, use the code CHAPS at checkout to get $5 off your second month, too. So first and second, that's so cheap that you can send it to an FPOAP address. The code is CHAPS at DollarShaveClub.com for your second month. Join the club today. What's our what's our uh, second question? Well, just I, I know he's such a nice guy, and I don't think he would be capable of sending a strongly worded email, but... I think I would expect one from Stephen Che, our ad ops guy, after that ad read. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club smooths out the pain of death. Um, right. But, I mean, but, but Dollar Shave Club, like, man, I, mean, I wish I had that deployed. I mean, military members, you would want that. Yeah, like, I, I would yeah. definitely, I would definitely subscribe to Dollar Shave Club if I was deployed. Everything that comes in that shave kit, the yeah, starter kit, is the best. you yeah. would want. You yeah. would want the one white butt Charlie's. A million times mm-hmm. out yep. of a million. Mm-hmm. You would want the lotion a million times because it's so dry in the deployed areas. You're so even in the mountains. Like when yep. you're in the mountains, your skin gets so dried out all the time. You would want everything that's in that thing. Definitely. And I people, feel like it's a, that might be the best every we've ever had. Yeah. It might be. And a quick ca- to caveat on that. Oh, there we uh, go. It would behoove you to. Yeah. Um, but they people always ask me like, what should I send to my nephew overseas or this or that? Like that's a great thing to send sign to them up for somebody Shave overseas. Club. Sign them up for Dollar Shave Club. Yeah. Um, a quick transition. Can I read the next one? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Kate. Just kidding. I outrank you. Um, but this one's from Eli. It's a good feeling to, to pull rank. Yeah. Now that you're out of the military, yeah. right? You've been uh, here a month. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's how it works, though. Um, but uh, So this is from Eli, and I just wanted to read this one because it, this guy definitely was in. How about y'all talk about the successful and unsuccessful times that y'all tried to shammed out of the duty day? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't quite know. And I love it because he probably had the nickname of like Tex or something. Yeah, or something oh, like 100%. That he was there. I. But getting out of duty day is an art and a skill. Connor doesn't know anything about yeah, this. Yeah, sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah, so Connor doesn't know anything about this. So nope. Kate and I and PFC Brin will take over from here. So yeah. you... I think people don't understand how bad duty sucks as a junior Marine. So walk us through what a normal duty day. Because this is where the the, the logbook comes this in. This is where the logbook. This is where the logbook starts. May so, it be noted in the so log. So, Kate, you are duty NCO for the day. What does your yes. day look like? 
Basically, you are chained to the barracks. You have a little tiny duty hut. You have to walk around. If a higher rank comes in, you have to jump up and report to them and let them know that nothing's going on. Um, you have to note every little thing in the logbook, and you're there for 24 hours. Do you remember what you say? Do you remember your spiel? No, you are crazy good at this stuff. What is it? <laughs> okay. The stuff you remember, I am impressed. Yes. All the right, stuff so you, you do like, remember. If the phone rings, good morning, sir, man. This is uh, Staff Sergeant Company by Military Working Dog, and I actually don't you said remember. Your, you said your real last name. Yeah, go back. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I do remember that. <laughs> I, I remember my speeches, like for yeah. by being like uh, showing up with a military working dog. I remember those speeches, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to serve many duty days because I was so good at getting out Ugh. of it. Well, how'd how'd you, how did you get out of it? I mean, a lot of times because I was a single father. Like oh, I, yeah, sure. I used yep. that card a ton, <laughs> like with my first sergeant and. That none of my Marines cared, and because I was always like a higher billet than like the same rank as uh, p- people who were the same rank as mm-hmm. me, so I would just make them do it. And be right? Like, yeah. No, you're gonna do it, and that's the end of it. And yeah, I always got fucked. I always <laughs> had to. Um, I'd be like, hey, I have a trip coming up this weekend, so just a heads up. Or like, I'd tell them like two months out, and that would be the weekend that I would have duty. Um, and then I remember the one time I was on duty, I was like brand new, so I'm sitting in the little duty hut. I had my Charlies on. And this sergeant comes up to me, and he's like, hey, uh, I, I need uh, 20 bucks. Something came up, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, okay, sergeant, here you go. Like, you, if you need this, because you're supposed to handle any problems at the barracks. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. And then I see him walk by with, like, two pizzas and something else. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I don't know. But And then, on the, especially on the weekends, too, and everybody's hammered drunk and, like, you don't want to be that guy who, like, ruins the party. But at the same time, if a higher rank comes through and sees it's, like, debauchery, like, so, but I would check IDs if they were bringing girls back. I'd be like, let me see if you're, how old you are. Oh, let yeah. me see your so IDs. So there's certain like, parts that are really fun, too. Yeah. I liked it when I was, when I was the company gunner sergeant, I used to love going through the barracks. And yeah. like, looking back now, I was the Blue Falcon that you explained the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I was about, I was all about fucking my Marines up. Like, to the point where I'm sure they all hated me. I get messages from Marines who used to work for me. Yeah. That they were like, I've listened to Zero Block 30 almost since it started, and I didn't put together that you were my company because you oh, seem that's great. so different. They're oh, like, that's I so great. I know the voice. I know a lot of these stories, but I didn't put it together and that I was because I was so much more me. Like, yeah. I would knock on their doors at like 5 o'clock in the morning and be like, open up, bitch, room inspection. Yeah. And they would be like, God damn. <laughs> and then I would go back and be like, why are you here so early? Like, just did room inspection. So that looked great. My first sergeant loved it. Sure. He was like, so my, our company gunny, I was only supposed to be the company gunny mm-hmm. for like three weeks mm-hmm. because our company gunny went to go, OCS was also at Quantico. Mm-hmm. So they would take anybody that was a drone instructor to supplement in the summer because they had way more officer candidates come through the summer than they do in the wintertime. So if you're a drill instructor on Quantico, you had like a secondary billet of going to be at OCS and just helping out there. So I filled that role and I was only supposed to do it for three weeks. I was such an asshole and so good at being an asshole that that gunny came back. He was an actual gunnery sergeant. I was a sergeant. He's like, you're going to the road. <laughs> saying, Fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why you never do go full good job. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hold on. Let's start here. So, so whatever we just started. <laughs> we're just, just going to keep all of these, all the claps. <laughs> I had to do them, too. There we go. Okay. So, cons, you... <laughs> Cons, you 
lived in a barracks at some point, right? You have well, to as you're training and everything. College. I, I mean, we call it the barracks in college. That, yeah. That's the extent of Ooh, barracks in the military. I, that's the reason why I hate the Air Force. Why? They call it dorms. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, no. We live in the barracks. That shit fucking triggers me. Yeah. When I, when I got, because I went from being like the super ate up company gunny mm-hmm. to Lackland, where yeah. I w- like went to be the chief marine instructor at the dog school. When I got there and they were like, I left my stuff in my dorm. I was like, what the fuck did you say? Like, when they call it a dorm, like, you're not in college, dude. It's Mm -hmm. a barracks. Yeah. Um, One thing, though, that, like, really uh, infuriates a lot of cadets uh, is that a lot of athletes will get out of the duties that you would have to do as a plebe, as a freshman, like Mm. delivering laundry, cleaning, because it always happens, like, after the school day is over, we're up at practice. So I never had to do any of those BS activities that kind of, like, shape who you are as a cadet and, you know, kind of make you a little angry and maybe why <laughs> some of those guys grow up to be jerks to the younger kids. But I'm sure that there's a little bit of hazing that goes on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, absolutely, like West yeah. West Point football players, too. Like, there's... Different kind of hazing. Yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> we won't I mean, get into always, that. <laughs> I love hazing. Yeah. Everybody always shits on hazing. I think hazing is an invaluable part of becoming engulfed into the military life. If mm-hmm. you do it right. Yes. I don't think that you should be mean. Like, no. it shouldn't be a mean-spirited thing where you're, like, waterboarding people no. or you're causing them intense emotional scarring. But I don't think there's anything wrong. In fact, I think it's fucking awesome that whenever you take a pilot's wings and you shove them the shit into somebody's chest. Sure. I love the fact— Oh, dude, I'm glad you said chest because it was— <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when you think hazing and shoving things, is yeah. usually there's one not, place. I don't think you should shove anything up anybody's orifices. No. But if you shove it into their chest, I think that's great. I think there's... Slight embarrassment's okay. Yeah, and there's a difference between trying to damn near cripple somebody if they get their blood stripes when they first yeah. pick up corporal mm-hmm. and hitting them in the chevron where it goes into their collarbone right. mm-hmm. or giving or punching them in the shoulder. If you're trying to really break somebody, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. If it's just like, hello, you're here, congratulations. It's something that you enjoy. I enjoyed that aspect. In fact, I picked the person to pin staff sergeant on me a first sergeant and a staff sergeant who I knew would do it because I wanted them to do it. Mm-hmm. And when my first sergeant and staff sergeant pinned them into my chest that way, our colonel looked at them like they were fucked up. And I was like, that's what I wanted, sir. Right, right. And he was cool with it because he was like a Penn State football guy too. And he was an annoy- I didn't want Yeah, him to I remember you telling me about him. But there's all different sorts of hazing too. There's like physical hazing. Like, uh, you know, I was in a cavalry unit. And when you're in a cav unit, um, you got to earn your spurs that you can then wear uh, with your uniform. You don't just like go out and buy them at the store. You got to earn them. Real spurs. Real spurs. I have real what? spurs that spin and everything. I will yeah. admit. What? I yeah. will admit. If that uniform is the overarching uniform of the army, you would have an argument. You could be. You can become in the conversation that yes. that is on par with dress blues. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see these hats. Yeah, caveat. And I have a Stetson hat it's like as well. What? It's, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's what Hal Moore wore, and we were soldiers. That's their dress more. Yeah. Uniform, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Badass. Um, but so, in order to get your spurs, you go on what's called a spur ride, and you know you undergo what would be considered hazing, but it's just a lot of physical endurance type stuff overnight, you know, a long period of time. But you really appreciate that tradition and that piece of your uniform that they, you're then allowed to wear, uh, you know, usually at dress uh, opportunities when you're in your dress blues or on Fridays when everyone's wearing their Stetsons. It, it's pretty cool. And I think that the, the physical aspect of hazing is okay, 
because this isn't a job where you're accounting. No. Like, when you need to be physically accountable. When you're a Marine or you're a soldier or you're whoever, that's a physical job. Right. That pain is part of the process. Right. Just like if you're an accountant, you go get a CPA. If you're in the military, well, you got to be able to walk really far. You got to be able to lift yeah. things. You, you got to be able to have strong. as your slogan before you go to boot camp, pain is weak is weakness leaving the body and then not apply pain. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Pain is part of that process. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I think like I said, you shouldn't be waterboarding or anything no. like that. But the idea that the military has gone to where if a young kid fucks up, like we did with PFC Brent, push up, slap him around a little of, bit. A lot yeah. of marine, even marine units, you'll get in trouble if you do that. That's terrible. I like, think though that's because the hazers themselves, like it's because too many people didn't know how to properly like instill discipline I like that. To, we have Kate, not Geronimo. Uh, oh, Germano. Germano. Yeah. Yes. So we yep. have Kate next week, not this Kate, but different Kate, coming on to talk about the process in boot camp. And that was one question that I wish I would have asked her. Yeah. As a commander, what are her thoughts on extra military instruction? Because I agree with you. I think that that's where we get in on fucking up the process of hazing is that we don't teach people how to appropriately extra military training. Mm-hmm. The the principle behind extra military training is to put that pain into somebody's body, but doing it in an appropriate manner. Right. Because there is appropriate ways to punish somebody physically. Go up on the quarter deck. Go up, yeah. Right. And that I think that really does it. It's a punishment. You can have the same thing in dog training. You have a positive reward or you have a negative consequence. And if you don't get the positive reward, which sometimes can be nothing, and Marines know that as well. Like if you do a task for me, if I give you an order to do a task and you don't do it or you do it properly – I don't have to say good job or anything mm-hmm. like that. Your your reward is me not Dude, punishing yeah. you. Yeah. So, and <laughs> that I think is true. that's how you can view it a lot of times. And I think that we don't focus enough on how to properly negative punish mm-hmm. someone in a way that puts pain on their body. Yeah. And and, and ultimately, that pain is going to result in that person becoming a better person. Because if I do a thousand push-ups like Bren, well, I'm going to get stronger. That's yeah. going to make me a better soldier, better Marine. And I would pick. I mean. The reconnaissance units that I worked for did this way better. Mm-hmm. A guy lost MVGs, which is a huge deal in a combat those, zone. Yeah, especially it's a big deal to lose. lose anything, but something that expensive. And the master sergeant was like, look, you're either going to damn near die or you're going to get demoted and kicked out of the unit. Which one do you want? Right. And he was like, I want to die. And so he would running around Camp Fallujah coming in, and I was watching it like the entire time. And I was thinking, holy Fuck. This mm-hmm. is a whole different military than what I came from with like my MP background because mm-hmm. we didn't do that kind of shit. But the reconnaissance community could keep that under wraps a lot more, and it was something that was still an accepted process. And I feel like when you have that command climate where you can do it, it's a completely different animal altogether. Yeah. Especially and, when you're in a combat zone. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't have to be mean. You don't have to scream to get your point across. Your, your point's getting across just by doing what he's doing. And you know what? I guarantee you that guy has never lost a set, another set of... No. Yeah. No. Like Definitely. Do we have any more questions? Yeah. Yeah, I got one. Um, this one is from Old Buddy. Old Ooh. Buddy. So shout out Old Buddy. Um, and it's got a ton of um, acronyms that all I right. totally know all of them. <laughs> right. I had a platoon leader. Okay. Abbreviated PL. Wow. Oh, shit. Good job. While we were deployed, that left his M4, that's a gun, yeah. unattended in his office. Can while we please start using the proper nomenclature of weapon, but thank you. Weapon. <laughs> while he stepped out, the commander came through and saw it there and assembled it to the 10 level. That that one, I don't know. That's not an abbreviation, though. That's it's just uh, like all the way down. Yeah, I, from context, I got that. Right. Um, 
My platoon leader didn't know how to put it back together. Oh. Oh. Had to go grab a private from the Tactical Operations Center oh to put God. it back together. I totally Googled all of this like five minutes <laughs> Talk, ago. Yeah. How does this happen, and isn't this proof that every single sh- soldier should go through boot camp, not just enlisted? Well, uh, that's yeah. that's a real shame to I'll hear. I'll let you he, take that one, yeah. guy. Yeah, not knowing, I don't care what rank you are, you need to be able to assemble, disassemble, and properly maintain your weapon no matter what your rank. So I'd be curious to see or hear where that guy got his commission because that's very disheartening. And you talk about a way to lose a ton of respect. Oh, gone. I mean, just not even like, oh, maybe he'll get it back. Like, forget it. So say let's let's just say it happens to you. Everybody, oh, my God, you, I'd you leave could, the military. Could, I'd just desert because I, I couldn't face my guys. Everybody could have brain farts. Like, sure. I, uh, and it's more, understa- it's more understanding if it's not your TO weapon. So, like, your the primary weapon that you use. Right. So like, you yeah, have, if I forgot something about putting together an, M, an, an M, M9 you know, M9 or, a, you know, right. a 50 cal. Something that Maybe. you don't use. Yeah, like, a, like you asked me to do a 50 cal right now, I probably couldn't do or it. Or, like, head, yeah, if you asked me to do head, head space timing, timing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd be like, uh, all right. It's been a while. Yeah. So you put an M4 in front of me but right now. I'll take like it apart and put it together. Basic M4, M16A2, like those are the very basic, and they have the same insides. So right, it doesn't really matter. But you have those two weapons. If you and it's did, not that many pieces either. Right, it's not that many. even if you break down the bolt. Right, it's not that many pieces. But say, let's just say, on an off chance, you did forget how to do it. Who do you go get? I would go get one of my my battle buddies, another officer. Never in a million years would I go to some private in the talk and say, "Hey, I need right. your help." That's yeah. hey, I need your help. That's walking into the talk and saying, "Hey, I'm incompetent. Don't ever listen to anything I say and run away from me right now." Pierre, yeah. I think you got to go either Pierre or you got to go your platoon sergeant. And you got to give him like a card. Yes. Uh, I'd be, I'd like, be, I'd but be, then the platoon sergeant would just say no. No, he wouldn't. No no, 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 no. A good platoon sergeant would no, would back out. you up. Yeah. He'd help you out. But even platoon sergeant, I'd be embarrassed to go to my platoon sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to go to another LT. Yeah. Or, you know what, these days, if, if there was no other officer, I, I'd get on Google and I would figure that shit <laughs> you out. You could YouTube or, it, right. Or I would hide my rifle so no one saw and just hope I never had to just go take, outside the wire. Just take the punishment that you <laughs> lost your weapon. Yeah, lost it. Sorry. Lost it. Just throw that shit in the oh, burn pit. Oh, we found some back here that are, that's in pieces. That's not mine. <laughs> somebody put that shit together. Wait, wait, wait. What's the serial number? I don't know. It's been scraped off. Oh, somebody put that weapon back together. I got shit to do. I got that's, all this shit That's to terrible, though. Gosh. And that's probably the way, if I was the officer that forgot it, I'd be like, hey, Private, come here. Put this weapon back together. I got to go take care of some officers. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I, you act like you were you were about to clean it, and then something came up. Or tell him that, to clean it. Right. Be like, hey, I have some stuff to do. I need this weapon wiped down. Wipe yeah. It down. yeah. It doesn't, you'd be like, it doesn't have to be like inspection ready. Just get it cleaned up for me. Yeah. And they would be like, roger that, sir. Right. No problem. I, yeah. uh, I played uh, one time. We were at uh, Camp uh, LSA Anaconda. I think it's called something different now. But um, How are you going to do all of that with the command? Like if the commander's in the room? Like, if the commander's standing there and, like, watching you and you can't do it, and, like, if the commander goes to get a private, then there's nothing you can but do he about is, that. But he, he was the commander, right? The platoon no, the platoon leader. No, the commander came across the platoon leader and who had his gun disassembled. The commander disassembled the platoon leader's gun and then oh, got oh. Like a private to put it back together. Oh, that's, that's you're just screwed. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're screwed. Leave the military. You got yeah. to resign your commission. Yeah, yeah. seriously. So um, all but, of that, like, pretending to, like, to brush it off and try to fake your way through it. I it seems impossible just, in that situation. I didn't hear yeah. the... Program. No, that's yeah. impossible. No, but I was going to say, one time, uh, me and my platoon sergeant, we kept 
uh, trash talking back and forth who could beat who in basketball. So finally, like we played one on one, and the winner or, or the loser had to clean the winner's gear. So yeah. I beat him, and he had to clean my Such gear. Such a common bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, rifle, so, rifle range, whoever fits is higher, the loser's got to fucking clean everything. Clean his rifle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if you if you keep up with it, cleaning your rifle is not that hard, but it's still a little bit of a pain in the butt. Um, if you let it go real long, it can get very difficult. But I don't want to so, hear it from you. Like, they fucking were difficult <laughs> from you. <laughs> no, but to Chaps' point, Come it's not world, uncommon. <laughs> it's not uncommon to have someone else uh, clean your gear for you or your, your weapon. No, man. All right, we got any more? That's it. All right, so we don't have any more questions for the platoon room, but we do have a new Facebook group. We want to hear from you guys. Last week, whenever we dropped Zero Block 30, we had an idea for segments. If you want to hear any segments, if you want, like, explain, like PMT, part of my take, has explained it to Hank. We have the Barstool Facebook up and ready to go. So if you have any examples of things that you want to know, if we talk about acronyms or talk about military stuff that you don't know about and you want to know about, ask us and we'll explain those things to you. We're also going to have a voicemail line set up by the end of the day, PFC Bren. We're going to have that set up by the end of today, and we are going to be ready to go. So we want you to call in. We want you to leave stories. I think we could have like a theme. We'll come up with a month-long schedule. We'll, we'll say if you have a, a story about drinking in the barracks, we'll, we'll do that one day, and we want to hear from your stories. We'll add you into the conversation. Turn this bitch into the real-life VFW. Get drunk on the drunk stories. Tell us the drunk stories, and we'll post them on the show. We hope you guys have a good week. We'll see you back next week. Hope you enjoyed the platoon room as much as we do giving it to you. Sound the retreat.